Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. How do I create a connection with this desire so that I'm not tight and constantly comparing? I'm not there. Why isn't it here? I don't like what I have. To get what you want, you've got to want what you've got. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. Well, as you know, we are entering into a new year, and I find it to be an incredible opportunity to reflect on the past as well as look forward to the future. And so I'll be releasing a special episode in the next week where I look back over the last year and look at the things that that I want to celebrate and invite you to do the same, as well as look at the things that we want to learn. And then I'm going to share with you an exciting new project that I'm getting ready to launch, and I think you'll be excited as well. Well, This is a time when I look toward the next year and ask myself the question, what do I want? What do I want to experience in life, in my family, in business, in health, in friendships, all of those things? And what do I want to change? Now, there is absolutely nothing magical about the new year, right? It's a it's a time that we have created. We have created this concept of days and weeks and all of this. Well, I guess we didn't create it. I guess there's like planets and all that kind of stuff. So maybe the divine did. But you get the point. The idea is that when we see the calendar change, I mean, for others, it could be just another day. But because of the way that we've structured our year, it's a very natural time to reflect and plan. And so with that in mind, I could not think of a better guest to feature than Lana Schlafer, author of Manifest That Miracle, Learn Why You Don't Have What You Want and How to Get It. Now, Lana grew up in Siberia until the age of 12. Siberia. I I literally, I don't know if I could find that on a map, but I hear people all the time. What do you want to go to Siberia? It's like it's a long way away. That's like what we say, right, in the States. It's the longest, farthest, coldest place I don't even know if that's true, but she actually grew up there. And then she moved to the United States, as I mentioned, when she was 12 with her family. And then after battling binge eating and depression and anxiety throughout college, Lana ended up going on a 10-day silent retreat that just transformed her life. 
And as her journey has unfolded over the years, she's now an entrepreneur and mindset coach who shares how to use the law of attraction and mindset techniques to deliberately create unimaginable experiences as well as personal mastery. Now, over the past decade, she's empowered thousands of women to manifest what seems out of reach, including scaling their business, buying their dream home, healing from chronic illness, and meeting their ideal partner. Now, I thought this was going to be a normal, inspiring interview. And then Lana turned the tables on me and invited me to go deep to discover why I've attached emotion to a Rolex watch. And so she invited me to do this, and I willingly allowed her to guide me through the process. And I think you will be touched by her gentle work with me. I could have cut this out of the episode. She even alludes to that. You can cut this out. And I thought, no, 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 no. I want to be vulnerable and share my own process with you guys because I want to invite you to share your process with me, of course. So I'm going to let you listen and hear how it all turns out. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Lana Schlafer. Well, Lana, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate it. So happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So today we're talking about the law of attraction. If someone is, maybe they've heard it, maybe they've watched a few minutes of the secret or something back in the day. Give us a primer here. What is the law of attraction? And I want to hear when you were introduced to it. Yeah. I feel like I don't actually talk about the law of attraction a whole lot, even though that's sort of what I do, because I think that just the name, the connotation with the law of attraction is so like sensationalist and kind of woo woo and silly, frankly. So I would like to reframe it as a a mindset that allows you to feel most empowered to create what you want. I mean, So you can call it law of attraction. You can call it whatever you want. It's ultimately a recognition. And I'll share how I came to it, that I hold a lot of power with how I perceive the world and how it responds to me and what I, as a result, see in my life. I mean, growing up in Russia, I came to the U.S. when I was 12. It was not some like, you can do anything you want type of environment. There was no new age thinking. There was no religion. There was a very, um, you know, feet to the ground, nose to the grindstone. The struggle and the, the survival was really what my parents could focus on uh, at most. And coming to the U.S., I had How old that. were you when you came to the I U.S.? I was 12. Okay. I was 12. And... I had to learn English when I came here. We we came um, because we we knew a family and they ended up sponsoring us in San Francisco. So we came to San Francisco and um, I had to learn English and adapt to this new culture. And I really went for the American dream. Like my parents, you know, even though they were very educated and my dad has like a PhD in math and my mom is a chemist. When we came here, we were on welfare. They struggled mm. to get a job that, you know, it was like starting from scratch I lived through all of that. So I got good grades. I went to, you know, the best, I went to Berkeley. I had five job offers out of college. I worked in investment banking. I mean, I went for it. And through it all, I was really struggling. I mean, struggling personally to just adapt to the culture and catch up. My parents got divorced when I was uh, 20. So that my, my nuclear family, the only thing I had in the US fell mm-hmm. apart. Mm. Um, there was a lot of pain and I developed eating disorders. And this was all internal because I just knew I had to perform and succeed. That was my way out of the misery. Mm. 
But the more that I succeeded, the worse I felt. And that, that was the beginning of the real crack where I was like, okay, well now I'm investment banking and I keep getting promoted and I'm making the money and I'm flying all over the world and I'm doing this work that I don't particularly love, but you know, I've succeeded quote unquote by the standards that my parents set for me. Is this really all there is to it? Because I felt more and more depressed. I was getting to the point where I was going to therapy. I was thinking I might need to get on antidepressants and it was just feeling so not what my parents had dreamed for me. Mm. What I felt like my grandparents had, you know, my, my, my grandpa became an orphan in World War II and they lived such a hard life for me to be in this land of opportunity. And I felt like I, I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know the alternative. And I just got to the point where it was so bad. I decided to take a year off. So I left investment banking and I was like, I'm going to find work for even a year that I actually like. And I fell into it really. And looking back, it was all law of attraction. Sort of my mindset shifted and opportunities came at the time. I didn't know that. Um, I moved to Southern California on a whim because I wanted in a warmer weather by the beach. And I met on my way to Southern California. I literally on my way there stopped and did a 10 day um, silent meditation retreat in the middle of California because a friend suggested that this was a real soul searching experience. And mm. all of my uh, peers and friends at the time said, there's no way you'd be quiet for 10 days. They made <laughs> bets that I wouldn't last. And I had been dabbling in yoga and meditation, all of that. But this was the biggest kind of test I've ever seen. 10 days with your own thoughts when I had been living in hell in my own head mm. was a breaking point by day four or five, I actually had to break my silence and go talk to the teacher and say, I am not okay. I am not sleeping. All of my traumas are coming out. I mean, which is common and it happens. And to their credit, they really handled it with grace and just made suggestions for how I can make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And by about day seven, I had a semblance of peace. Like the, the chatter and the fighting and the, all of the craziness in my head and the decision-making and the fixing and the feeling like I'm not belonging anywhere and I'm mm-hmm. in pain just kind of subsided. And I had quiet for the first time ever. Wow. It was a complete like paradigm shift. And then I realized I don't want to leave this place. The last couple of days there, I had this, this real feeling like, okay, I think I could be a monk. I could live on a mountaintop. I'm I'm really, I don't think I need all I thought I needed. Mm. This is what I really wanted And yet I knew that, you know, I'm not going to go sit on a mountaintop and meditate 20 hours a day. So I came out of that and I met a woman on the last day they let you talk who was like, oh, I have this uh, company that my friend started who does success coaching for university students. Sounds like it's right up your alley. They hire like a lot of ex-investment bankers and consultants. So I fell into doing success coaching at Chapman University in Orange County where you live. Yeah. And um got a taste of essentially life coaching and got a ton of training from them, got paid peanuts and realized I can't live on that. So pretty quickly, I started finding my way through this whole mindset. That's where I got introduced to law of attraction, mindset, Wayne Dyer, the movie, The Secret. I got exposed to so much, but I was very skeptical. And that's really where my journey began. I'm like, okay, I want to believe this. I see the impact of some of these shifts that I'm already doing but what does this really mean for the rest of my life? And mm-hmm. that's where my journey began. I've been studying for the last you know, 20 years at this point. And my approach has always been, you know, test, assess, don't guess. 
you don't need trust. You don't need faith. I'm not a, a person who's going to just believe something for because somebody said it. Yeah. So I think that's what people connect with. And my whole book and my approach is try this out. If it makes your life better, great. If it doesn't, you've lost nothing. All right. So you talk about your book. It's called Manifest That Miracle. Learn why you don't have what you want and how to get it. And you yeah. talk about a, a, a formula in your book that is inspired intention plus inspired action equals miracles. I yeah. love, I mean, of course, the name of my business is Inspiration Rising. I love this. Inspired intention plus inspired action equals miracles. This is right up my alley. I mean, I love this. Walk me through that formula. What are each yeah. one of those three things? Yeah. So I talk about just the what we are taught, which is have a goal, which I guess could be qualified as intention, and then mm -hmm. kill yourself getting there and hard work equals results. And mm -hmm. I wish that were the case, I'd be teaching something totally different because I feel like I've got a great work ethic. I feel like I could kill at that formula, except it doesn't work. It's not including everything. It's like baking a cake, but only having half the ingredients. I mean, mm. those are important ingredients, focus, mm -hmm. intention, clarity, and being able to show up to it consistently are important ingredients, but they are not the whole set of ingredients that's needed for success. Otherwise, why do some people work super hard, slave away, and don't have anything to show for it. Sure. And others do. There had to be something more to the equation. So I go into the whole idea of what inspiration is and what it means and how you add this ingredient so that it's really the word alignment that like Abraham Hicks and other law of attraction teachers use. That word is a little funny because I taught yoga for a long time. So when I say alignment, sometimes people think physical alignment, which sure. Obviously, we all get what it is. It's like things falling into place and being in one clear, you know, line yes. and flow. But so inspiration is that connection to something bigger than ourselves. And you can mm. define that however you want. You can define it as God, the universe, mm -hmm. your purpose, your mission, your destiny, your soul, your heart. It really doesn't matter. But when you are connected, a bunch of things happen, which is how you can test yourself. When you have an inspired intention, you know your why so clearly. And all of the doubts about who am I to do this and how can I, they just seem so insignificant compared to your big, clear, aligned why. It's like my kid has this reaction to this you know, something they ate. I have to talk I about it. it I, if I can mm -hmm. save somebody, if I can help my kid, if I, your why is so much bigger. So yeah, you don't know. And maybe you're not the best person to do this work or to speak on it, but you are moved in a way that is beginning. And then that movement, that connection, that, you know, inspired intention I'll completed with connected to action that you take in that vein, that's what creates something beyond what you could imagine. So mm -hmm. you as a, a small mind and a small human with your small hands is just part of the equation. You being connected to a bigger why and mission and purpose is what paves the way. It's what, you know, it's what Jesus and Buddha and everybody talked about when you are connected to all, to the source of all that is you are limitless. One with God is more powerful than millions without. I mean, you have all of these sayings, but again, don't take my word for it. Do the practices in the book and try this out for yourself. If you don't see instant results, don't keep doing it. That's one of my other beliefs is that you should see an instant impact. You will feel it and then you will see the results. Hmm. Okay. So 
when you say inspired intention, so I have a, a strong why, but now I have inspired action. What's the, I mean, yeah. how would you describe inspired action versus just Inspired action, action is one that no matter how difficult it gets, you feel like it's worth it. So for example, um, for me, no matter how difficult my work got in investment banking at a certain point, I felt like it was worth it and it was inspired, but then it wasn't worth it, but I kept doing it. That's mm. the kind of hard, that's like slave labor. That's mm-hmm. the kind of hard where you feel like you are chained and you are enslaved and you are, it's not a choice really anymore. Mm-hmm. It is if you can recognize that you are still choosing it. But for a lot of people that, that when they say that was so hard, it's like, I can dance for two hours and I love dance. I've danced my whole life. That is not hard for me. I can be mm-hmm. sweating, dripping, sore. But if you tell me to run for 20 minutes, I'd be like, that's hard. Yes. I am not a runner. So that's where the difference is. One is it's worth it to you. You're getting intrinsic value. You feel it connected to your intention, to your Mm -hmm. purpose. You feel the meaning behind it impacting you. Mm -hmm. The kind of difficult action, rote action, or what we call hustle, that's just doing things indiscriminately for the sake of, I don't know, checking them off your list list. or somebody is watching you and you're able to say, I was busy. That's a kind of busyness that has no connection to your why, to your inspiration. Your body will frequently start to give you signals. This isn't this mm-hmm. isn't in alignment. Mm-hmm. You will be tired. You will be lethargic. You will get headaches. You will start to get sick. You, I mean, everything will communicate with you in your life that this is not inspired. This yes. is not connected. Right. And yet we were taught by our modern school system and frankly, well-meaning family that this is somehow going to get you to some result. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the fallacy is that for a lot of people, the disappointment comes, they're like, I've toiled and, and done this hard work and suffered. Where's my result? Mm-hmm. And you have more and more millennials nowadays really coming to that earlier, which is the quarter life crisis that I kind of had that they're having. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I see my parents doing this. Mm-hmm. This is insanity. Right. They're not getting ahead. They're not happy. Right. They're not having the security that maybe the grandparents or whatever were promised. So what am I really doing here? And mm-hmm. is this all that life is cracked up to be? I think these gets into bigger questions of your right. actual purpose. And right. this, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy, once your food and shelter is taken care of, you're gonna need to figure out some of your other priorities. Right, 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 right. Okay, so the result is miracles. So yes. what, what are these miracles? I mean, yes. because if I'm, if I'm listening to this, I'm still going, eh, you know, you're, you're just talking about yeah. maybe God divine, the source kind of helping me out a little bit, helping me out. Get a little. But you're talking about something that seems like, like manifest that miracle, get what yeah. you want. Like, how do I do so, this? So my definition of a miracle is something that hasn't happened yet, which is very different because for millennia flying to the moon was a miracle. It was a pipe dream. Nobody could yes. just take off, flap their arms and get to the moon until somebody put inspired intention and inspired action for decades, really for hundreds of years, if you consider modern science and ended up on the moon. It was a miracle until it happened. Then it was mm-hmm. a fact. My favorite example is Roger Bannister, who broke mm-hmm. the five minute mile barrier in 1954. Before that, there were scientific journals being written saying no human could ever pass the four minutes of its biodynamically impossible. And he did it. Sure, and sure. after he did it, it was a fact. And now the record is like three minutes and like 19 seconds or something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, 
what we're talking about miracles. I don't mean parting water or levitating. I mean, maybe that's possible. That's not really my jam. I'm into like the practical, the partner in your bed or in your, you know, in your, in your relationship, the money in your bank, the happiness and health of your children, your own happiness, the way you sleep, the way you eat, the way you show up in life, your, your fulfillment, your purpose. I'm talking about miracles that are actually things that people want, but they feel like, well, that's possible for, it's that's way possible too far. for David it's way out and there. Lana. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're like, well, how am I going to get? And so people pick these crazy goals that somebody taught them through the secret, or I don't know what they're like, I want a million dollars. And they write themselves these silly checks. I mean, more power to you if it makes me happy. I'm not going to knock it down, but I'm like, why do you want the million? And they're like, I want the million because I you know, have parents who are aging and I want to take care of them. And I have kids that are this, and I'm like, great. What will it mean for you to be in a place where you feel like all the needs and all the things that matter to you are taken care of? They start connecting it to their why they start being moved by their mission They're So the miracle they want is actually security, safety, comfort, fulfillment. You know what I mean? So I do feel like I sort of put out a big come for the miracles, but what ultimately people get beyond the money and the things that they think they need for fulfillment is the actual core of what they want, which Mm. is I wake up and I'm so grateful to be me. There's Mm. no one I'd rather be. I love my life. I don't have anything that is draining me, straining me, stressing me. I have challenges. I have points of tension. I have growth. I have evolution, but I am not uh, a a placid, like implicit non-actor in my life. And I feel like life is so big and problems are so big and I am so small, right? Mm. The greatest miracle is that you can actually feel bigger than any problem and be truly living an optimal life. Mm-hmm. That's what my wish for people is way beyond whatever they think they want to, with the, the checkoff boxes. They want, I want to buy a house. I want to do this. I'm like, great. Do you want to be miserable in that house you bought? Cause yeah. that's what happens a lot. Right, right, right. Deep meaning and purpose. That's what I'm hearing. That's, yeah. what, that's what you want for people. And, and so they may come for, I want a partner, I want a house, I want whatever, but ultimately your desire is to transform them so that they have that deep meaning and purpose in their life, no matter what they end up getting on the externals. And, and satisfaction that mm-hmm. is so underrated in our society. You know, um, I, I just, um, had an interview with somebody on my podcast that I just started and she talked about so many people want to minimize the pain, but they don't know how to maximize the pleasure. Hmm. We are at an unprecedented time in our life where a lot of the people, at least listening to this podcast, are not worrying about their next meal. Mm-hmm. They are not in a place where they are worried that the famine will happen or disease, well, disease could come and take. I guess there's a lot of things happening <laughs> around that. And I said, but you know, we are at an unprecedented time where the the, the phones that we have, the technology, a hundred years ago, no richest person in the entire world had we access to yeah. even a millionth yeah. of this information. Oh, not even unprecedented time. Yeah. So we've learned how to maybe create some, you know, busyness and productivity and maybe even a purpose. But one of the things that I think we are really shifting into, and in spiritual circles, they talk about living from 3D to 5D, all of these names that I think make no, no sense to me. What I feel is like a human being who is really fulfilled and satisfied Mm. to wake up and say, I'm happy where I am. I get to use my time and my energy in the way that I feel is my best 
mm-hmm. use and my most joyous and fulfilling and meaningful mm-hmm. uh, energy expenditure. I feel like I created a life where I am my my there's mutual respect and mutual love and connection. So a lot of people will get to a point where they have created something that they're proud of. But are they able to enjoy it? Ah, That's okay. the next phase. Interesting. You're I want them it, to get it. And it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the, and the, and the satisfaction. I mean, you're always going to have a carrot to chase. There's never going to be an end to desires. Or you're never right. going to arrive and be like, okay, I'm done. Sure, sure. Right? So there's always going to be more. So how do you develop a new relationship with growth in your desires mm-hmm. so that you can be satisfied at each step of the journey? Mm-hmm. So let's just say uh, I'm I'm not satisfied and I don't have the house that I want. I don't have the partner that I want. I don't have the family that I want, you know, whatever it might be. It's not me. I love my house. I love my partner. I love my kids. <laughs> um, but there are, of course, things that I want to experience in life. How do I do that? How do I, how do I, how do I manifest this miracle? What does that look like? Yeah. yeah. So I talk about the four parts in my book and they're very loose parts because I feel like we have this, some addiction to formulas and systems. And the truth is things that are, um, emotional in nature are going to be fluid. They're going to be more like the river and the water than the rock. Mm -hmm. And so I I talk about these four parts, but what I really mean, there's, there's elements here at play. So first is to get really clear on why you want what you want. So Mm -hmm. assessment. And for a lot of people, it'll actually come down to doing a little inventory or a big inventory, why this matters to them personally. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in one room in Siberia. I didn't even have a private bathroom. It was communal bathrooms, communal kitchen. So I was able to connect with what the why is. For me, it feels like such an incredible luxury to have space, to lay out my things, mm-hmm. to have you know m- multiple bathrooms for our kids, for example. What a luxury to be able to have the, the space for everybody in our family and all that, right? What does it make you feel? Again, growing up in such tight spacing, for me, I just want space. And it's very different for different people why they want what they want. Some people mm-hmm. want those tiny homes that they are they get land and they sure, you sure. know, it's like what it, it there's no one size fits all. Some people want a hundred year old or two hundred year old Victorian, other people want something brand new. Why? Why do you want that? And what does it mean to you? That's the first step is really identifying your underlying desires. And again. This is where you can get into when, especially with relationships, you could get into some traumas and some, you know, and this is where, because I have a therapy background as well, I went to grad school for therapy. I don't practice it actively, but it is in me. I'm very aware that there are certain traumas that we've had that require healing. And the reason we want to manifest something is because we want to be seen and heard and loved and accepted and feel valued. And Mm. so there's that underlying element that most people completely miss in the law of attraction manifesting world. Then you get to into the place of how do I create a connection with this desire so that I'm not tight and constantly comparing. I'm not there. Why isn't it here? I don't like what I have. You know, Mm. one of my sayings from the book is to get what you want. You've got to want what you've got. To get what What a paradox. You've got to, you've got to want want what you've got. Yeah. So it's a paradox Mm -hmm. because I want that because I don't want this, but so how do I want this right now? And, and still allow for what I want next to come in. Yeah. So the, uh, I've often heard the uh, gratefulness or thankfulness is just wanting what you've got. 
You know, it's just the exactly. definition of like, you want what you already have. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but so, that is and, a paradox. This, so I, so first thing, I'm, yeah. I just want to make sure we're clear on this. First thing, I've got to know my why of why I want whatever it is. And then the second thing you're saying, I need to appreciate or want what I already have in order to get what I want. Like, help me understand this. Yeah. So most people think I, I'm sick, so I want to be healthy. I have right. a tiny closet, so I want a bigger closet. I okay. don't have enough money to buy a car, so I want enough money to buy a car, right? Like through the not having, through the yes. having the it's opposite the of what you want, mm-hmm. yes. you discover what you want. So that's a clarifying experience. That's beautiful that you now identify, okay, this really matters to me. You know, when I was six years old, I didn't want a car and now I'm 36 years old and it's important to me. Sure. The, the, the resistance that people have right away, they're like, but my car now sucks or taking the bus sucks. So wherever they are, as soon as they have the idea of what they want, what they have becomes an unwanted by comparison experience. But the truth is you are where you are. And there are a lot of things in your experience besides the car, for example, that you probably spent years and years wanting before this. So you're sitting on what are now quote unquote miracles in your life, like a partner that you maybe wanted for 15 years beforehand, but here they are next to you, but you're taking them for granted. You're Ah. taking everything for granted because you're focusing on some car that you now want in the future. And you are not able to appreciate what is already here. So the Mm. foundation of that satisfaction has to begin today. Mm. Oprah has a saying like, um, if you, I'm going to butcher the saying, but essentially if you, if you're not grateful for what you already have, you're not grateful for the dollar you have. Why do you want more? Why do you want the hundred dollars? Why do you want the million dollars? If you're not, you're looking at the dollar, you're like, but that's not enough. It's just a dollar. But Mm. if you say, Thank you, dollar. Thank you, house, for having a bathroom. Thank you, partner, for this. Thank you for this. Here's what I have. Here's and it can't be a a rote, repetitive, like I'm writing some list, like it's like check off, you know. You want me to feel it. Yes. I have an exercise. We can put a link to it. I call it my five-minute manifesting exercise, where I essentially say it's not gratitude till you cry. And I put them through an exercise. So I'll I'll give you a link. It's just lanashlayford.com um forward slash gratitude because I want people to feel the gratitude. So we really work on it in this exercise so that they get a real taste of it. So what 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 people have to have the paradigm shift in is wanting the dollar, wanting the hoopty broken down car that I have now, wanting the experience, the job that I have now that isn't my forever job and appreciating what it's giving me is only adding to my dream in the future. It is only adding to the feeling of gratitude that I will carry forward. It is not preventing me. It's not like I have to to be in pain so much before the universe decides to give it to me, which Mm. is such an odd relationship with life, right? You're like, Mm. if I just suffer so much and my back is against the wall, then maybe something will shift. It's such a disempowered perspective. Mm. what, What ends up happening is quite the opposite. The more you're grateful, the more you get to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And you're not so tight about being where you are. You're like, hey, I want the new job. I want the new car. I'm going to really enjoy where I am now because Mm -hmm. when it changes, maybe I get that new job, but I'm going to have less time to be with my family or Mm -hmm. people want all the COVID to end and they want to go back. And I'm like, that's great. I get it. You want to be outside. You want to do things. But what are the things that you've now received that you will then miss? 
Yeah. Can you appreciate? It's like appreciating every season. That's the best sure, component because sure. yeah, you know yeah, seasons yeah. will change. But if you're always only wanting summer and you're like, yeah. I can only be happy in the summer, you don't prepare for summer. You don't have a winter jacket. You're hating the fall, the winter, the spring. I'm like, you've just missed three quarters of the year that you are miserable. Says the person who moved to Puerto Rico for summer <laughs> all year round. Come you don't on, have now. Winters are you in kidding Siberia? me? You're like, I hey, like- I want you. I want you to enjoy all the seasons. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in Puerto Rico enjoying the warmth during the sun. I hear how you, do you do. You know the kind of frostbites that I risked <laughs> for the first 12 years in Siberia. Uh, so I, I, I'm like, I've had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got to know our why. We got to have gratitude and feel the gratitude. gratitude for what we already have. All right, what's yes. our next what's our next and step? And then the visioning begins, which is really what people think manifesting is. Write it down, speak about it, imagine it. But you're doing it on a foundation of I'm happy where I am and I'm eager for more. I don't need this to save me. You know, it's like the dysfunctional relationship of like the narcissist and empath when somebody's looking to save them, they're going to get in a dynamic with somebody mm-hmm. who is acting the role of savior. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. If you are like, I'm happy where I am. I like myself. I want to be in a relationship with another human being where we can be additive to each other. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing that you do with manifesting. Mm -hmm. You find what you're already grateful. You're celebrating the dollars and the pennies and the people and the situations. And then as more comes, you're celebrating that. And you are now starting to use your imagination much more. From this place of not resisting actively, that's the time when you can start really stretching what's possible. What's the time to read books and watch videos and do courses and vision, 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 imagine, stretch what you think is possible for you as a way for you to, I like to think of it as trying on like a, a, a new restaurant or new clothes. You get to enter that experience and really taste it and enjoy it and feel into it and decide for yourself what parts you love, what parts you don't love. Not everything at that fancy restaurant you've been wanting to go to is going to be your favorite dish. So you really get to try it on and work through the kinks. At this step, you're going to start to see a lot of momentum. That's where the action. So the last step is really twofold. Taking the action. None of the visioning is effective unless it inspires you into action. If you mm-hmm. walk into a meditation morning practice, if you've done your, your, the things that I talk about in my book, you do the future, you exercise, you do. If you really enter that emotion, you're going to, your hands are going to want to type. Your feet are going to want to walk. Your ideas are going to be flowing out. You're going to talk to that person. You're, you can't help it. It's like wild horses can't keep you because you've built the foundation. And now this is what inspiration is flowing through. Something that's bigger then you is breathing you and propelling you take the action. Every action at that point is going to feel not only satisfying and like meaningful and connected to the bigger Mm -hmm. picture, but again, you've already been developing that gratitude and satisfaction and appreciation. So you're enjoying the small progress each step of the way, not waiting for the thousandth step to finally celebrate. Right. And then the, as you're doing this, I recommend evaluate and celebrate. Evaluate as you're taking action. That's a big part. Evaluate what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Celebrate it and reiterate. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. The, so this formula is not really a formula as much as it is. Like I said, it's it's a way of thinking it's that will rhythm. take what you are doing. It's a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It is a rhythm and everybody has a unique rhythm and unique. And most people, if we're going to talk about most people, they have no clue what they want, why they want it, what their rhythm is. Even if you told them, I'll give you a million dollars. If you can pick what you want to be in for the rest of your life, 
Mm-hmm. They have not spent any time, any energy thinking about it, practicing it, testing it, assessing it, evaluating it. Mm-hmm. So they just don't know. So my whole mission is go and discover. You cannot take yourself out of your body. Well, you can, but then you're out of your body. You're dead, right? You get to spend the rest of your life as you. This is the only relationship that is guaranteed from start to finish is you being you. And if you are at the very center of every interaction and every opportunity and every you know, circumstance, why would you not invest in building a relationship with yourself that is really thriving, that is a mm. win-win, that is mm. life-enhancing? That's really where you get to be at the top of your game in life. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you don't face problems or challenges, but you know that they aren't bigger than you. So you approach them from a totally different perspective. That's where, you know, the kind of depression, medicalization, everything we have in our society stems from an existential crisis more than anything. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I love that you talked about was understanding your why and that some of those whys may be driven by a need to be seen, heard, uh, valued in some way. And so is it okay to want to manifest things that are really just making me feel valuable, somehow propping me up when I don't feel valuable in and of myself. Like, you know what I mean? How many people that you work with are saying, I need whatever for the the sake of validation versus I would really enjoy this. Yeah. Like, I I feel like like, I'll I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Very personal. Okay. So, uh, for whatever reason, uh, when I was younger, probably in my twenties, I said to myself, when I get my first book deal, I'm going to get a Rolex, um, out of, go ahead and laugh. Go ahead that's, and laugh. That's, what, that's like, that's what 20 year olds say to themselves. I totally right? get it. <laughs> right. I'm going to get a Rolex because that's going to, you know, that'd be a fun thing to have fun thing to have really. Okay. So why is that a fun thing to have? Well, because it is a statement of wealth. It's a statement that you've made it. When I see that Rolex Submariner on a guy's wrist, I go, wow, like what is he up to or what is she up to? And uh, so every once in a while in my life, I don't even wear a watch. I hate watches because I'm on my computer all the time. If I had a watch, I don't even understand people that wear those, you know, Apple watches. I'm like, no, I don't want a watch. <laughs> I'm with you. No watches. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I used to wear one, you know, when it was a thing, when you didn't have a phone, I, I wore one as a kid. Um, in Siberia, you probably didn't even have a watch. You probably didn't even have a clock. You were just, <laughs> just sitting there melting snow. Wait. to eat it. Yeah. So uh, I don't wear watches, but yet I found myself last night, Lana, looking at Rolexes online. And as I was w- doing it, I was like, wow, those are really pretty. And I'm like, why would I ever want one of those? Why would I spend, t- why would I spend 10 grand on a watch that would just, why, why would I want that? That would be see, this, purely, yeah. purely, purely for the sake of trying to impress someone else, trying to make me feel valuable. Let's well, do an exercise together. Let's just do it. Okay, Let's just go do ahead. an exercise to see I, if it is, right? All right because all right. it all depends on what you connect it to. All and right. you clearly have emotion around a watch. And we can judge it. We can dismiss it. We can make it good, bad, whatever. Or we can go to the body and we can actually talk to the body and see 
what might the connection be here if there is one? Am and I I'm be a talking big... to my wrist? Wrist? Why do you want to <laughs> check in? Come in, come in, wrist. Your wrist, wrist has wrist. a lot of tattoos on it. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear <laughs> through all the ink over there. All right. So see if you can. This is great. I love doing real work. And so Am I'm I supposed to close my eyes? To... Yeah, I'm going to ask you to just take a deep breath and and if if you can allow yourself to feel safe enough in the setting with basically a stranger to to take a deep breath and just to connect with your body in a in whatever way you do you can feel your feet on the ground or your sit bones on the chair or your hands on your thighs and just take in a breath so that you can actually be in your body we're so often in our heads that we are not even aware of our body and so we're going to set a baseline real quick So I want you to think of something that's really, really, really pleasant and pleasurable. Like for me, it's the ocean. It just does it every time I think of the ocean and I'm just like, my my, my lungs expand. I breathe deeper. I just feel relaxed. So pick something that you just feel complete alignment, no resistance. It is like expansive and meaningful and beautiful children's face, anything. And now notice what's happening in your body as you do that. And just let me know what you notice. I notice my heart beating. Mm-hmm. And as you focus on that element, your happy place, if you will, notice any you know, sensory visceral changes in your breath, in your temperature, in your heartbeat, in anything. Just feel my heart beating. Yeah. So you're, you've, and since I can see you, this is great. The, the listeners won't be able to, but your, your jaw is a little bit tight. Your lips are tight. So see if you can just relax the jaw and the lips and take a deep breath. And you're not quite there. So I'm going to help you get there. I want you to imagine the best vacation you've ever taken in your life. Where was it? India. India. Good. Describe to me the moment right away. Your energy shifted. Did you notice you swallowed your lips relaxed, your breath deepened? Like it's instant. I mean, I have somatic psychology background, so I can read this, but it's palpable. So just go to that place, go to that moment where you experienced some meaningful experience. And notice the physiological change that it creates in your body. Good. You're there. Yeah. Feel relaxed. Relaxed. Breath is easy. Your jaw isn't tight. Beautiful. Now we're going to do a, a sort of a baseline for a negative or what I call a no. This is a yes. And now we're going to do a no. A no would be, imagine yourself, this is, it shouldn't be too hard. Something like in a traffic jam and you're in a car for an hour and people are honking and yelling and it is loud and you're trying to get somewhere and you're late and you're looking at your wrist where there isn't a watch because you didn't buy that watch that you needed (laughs) or whatever it is. Pick something that is a mild stressor, not a trauma, but a stressor that you're like, I don't want to be here. Go there in your mind and notice what it does to your body, your own unique baseline. What changes do you notice? Tension in my shoulders, faster heartbeat. Harder to breathe, right? Probably not even bringing the breath to the belly. 
shallower, shorter breaths. Good. So now you got a baseline. Now I want you to bring to mind that first watch you got at 20. Notice how your body feels and tell us what you notice. As you think about wearing it, looking at it, what it felt like to buy it, whatever the element that you can visually step into and physically kind of notice. Well, I never, I never bought it. So I never actually, I've never owned one. Mm, Okay. So we can, we have a couple of options. We can think about why you didn't buy it. And kind of in that moment when you were looking at them and wanting it, or we can pick about the fact that, well, let's just do that one. So go to the moment where you made the decision not to buy it. Was there a decision that you made? Like, no, I'm not buying it. Was there a point? Well, I mean, many points of just saying that's uh, either at times didn't have the money or now like that's just irresponsible or that's just wasteful or uh, egotistical. Okay. So let's actually go to the watch itself. I want you to imagine the watch and as frivolous and silly and ridiculous and ludicrous and all the judgments that you've possibly had on it, you're wearing the watch. You're trying it on. It's shiny and heavy or whatever it would be. I want you just without judgment for a moment, just to allow yourself. It's just a vision. You don't ever have to do it to go to that moment of having it and actually connect with how it feels for you. Embarrassing. Mm, Good. What does embarrassment feel like? Yep. Bit of ashamed. Where in your body do you feel it most? Stomach. And what do you notice there? Feels like it's pulling inward. Mm. So there is a, a pole that feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Does it have a shape or a color or a sensation to it besides a pole? Mm, I see uh, like a purple. Or wrapping around my waist. Mm. All right, so we're going to go quite deep, and you can cut this out of the podcast if you want altogether, because <laughs> this is where we get to see if you can connect with this sensation and this emotion. Is this the first time you've ever felt this sensation, or has this, even unbeknown to you, been a sensation you felt earlier in your life? Mm, I have a time that's coming up for me. Yeah. So... In that experience, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm seeing if I can stay a little general on this. Um, 
I, I'm trying to figure out how to not bring in anything that's super specific, but it's difficult. So maybe we'll go with if the podcast listeners are doing this episode, I mean, doing this exercise and able to connect to an emotion um, in their body. See if you can be in that memory for a moment. And the reason that you are connecting to this particular memory is that this sensation and this feeling and this small why has been unresolved. And so now we are giving it space and room to actually speak to us and uh, be addressed. And so there's many ways to do this work. And that's really what I do with people in my program, but in some way engaging with that version of you and noticing why that sensation was created. Frequently, it will be with a parental figure or somebody in an, in a, you know, in a formative life experience way that was not able to meet our needs, was not able to give us the um, support or the love or the encouragement. And our defense mechanism, our reaction was to feel the sensation. We were taught that this was bad or we withdrew or felt the embarrassment because we were shamed in some way And this created a paradigm that is still in your body still to this day. And it is asking for healing. And the watch, it does nothing to do with the watch. The watch is a beautiful portal into healing. That desire was the portal into real fulfillment. So what you would do in an exercise like this is hold space for the however old you were then, the younger you, to have a different outcome. This is part of somatic experiencing where you may show up as the version of you now to that version, especially if you were very young and give some comfort and support. You may rework that experience in your mind so that you were able to do and say things differently with all the wisdom that you have now. And you essentially transform that sensation into something that is more loving, more empowered, more um, self-caring in some way, more self-nurturing. So see if you can take a moment and be in that scenario and offer yourself, that version of you, support. What would you say or do to comfort yourself then? I remember as a kid going, wanting to go get a pair of sunglasses before we left the house. And my dad said, are you just getting them to look cool or do you actually need them? And that feeling of uh, embarrassment or shame of wanting something because it was pleasurable or looked good was not uh, acceptable, you know, my home. And so that, sense of that sense of play and wonder and all the like was sort of knocked out of you right Mm -hmm. and that frequently happens even by well-meaning parents well-meaning adults and so how would you approach it if your kid had that interaction with you what Mm -hmm. what would you want to experience so that the version of you then felt welcomed, felt seen, maybe supported, maybe there could still be questions, but it is not in a way to belittle or judge 
or demean or diminish. Those look great on you. Yeah, go grab them. Those are fun. And how does it feel for you to receive that? Those supported, creative, free expression. Well, and, and it sounds to me, and this is me just intuitively picking up and I could be wrong, but even with your tattoos and everything, self-expression matters to you. And it doesn't have to be understood by anyone. It's a part of your, your purpose here. And so you get to, through this work right now, to reclaim it. And if it's a watch or 10 watches or a tiara or whatever the heck it is, who cares? If it actually makes you feel like it is authentic to you and brings you pleasure and meaning. So now think about the watch. And now notice if that sensation is still the same. It feels much more uh, creative now. Yeah. It's spacious. You get to be you. Good. Mm -hmm. So take a deep breath. (sighs) Kudos to you for just jumping Mm -hmm. into this because this Mm -hmm. was, you know, we didn't know what we're doing. Kudos to you for playing (laughs) along because this, this can go quite deep, but this was a real experience. I tried to put that in the book as much as Mm -hmm. I could, but honestly, this is difficult to put in some sort of written form. So why did you want the watch? It's not frivolous. You were judging it to be frivolous, Mm -hmm. but it was a form of self-expression. So there's clearly something in you that is calling you to self-express today in your Mm -hmm. life today. Now that you know that you can meet that need in many ways, it may not be a watch. That may not even sure. be the best way, sure. but now you've got the core why, mm-hmm. and now you can meet that need and you can be grateful for the dad or the experiences you've had of people not necessarily uh, seeing that because it led you to be more you mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from this Fine. place, whatever mm-hmm. you create satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Ugh. thank you so much. Yeah. I really Welcome. appreciate this that. This was so yeah. fun. I really, I'm, thank you for being game to, to go there. Not everyone yeah. would. And I hope it was powerful for people listening too, because this is the kind of work that I feel like it, we're, we're just at the edge, you know, the, the, the life coaching and the therapy, they're, they're starting to get to this place now where this is the real work of you know, your internal world is what will manifest as your external experience. Right, right, exactly. Okay, manifestthatmiracle.com is where they can download the book for free, right now a digital version. And yes. you just started a new podcast. They can access that at lanaschlafer.com. We'll have both of those URLs in the show notes, of course. And, uh, but the first step, I would really encourage them to download the book so they can get a flavor of more of, of what you do and how they can work with you. So Lana, thank you so much for, you are just gushing with wisdom (laughs) and, um, you didn't even talk in like a breathy voice. Like, welcome. My name is Lana. (laughs) We are here to manifest miracles with you. You're not even like that. What the heck? I can still do that if you You want. I, I, (laughs) 
you are bold and intense and like fired up. Wow. Very Russian. Very Russian of me to be bold and intense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. No breathy miracles here. These are like kick you on your butt miracles. I love it. Yes. Kick, kick you on your butt miracles is my brand. It's exactly it. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for uh, bringing all of who you are today to our conversation. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I hope it's useful to the listeners and I hope that we can continue this conversation going. So find me on social media, on my website, because I love to have discussions and reflections to what just took place and to support you really in creating what you truly want. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949 949- 401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm-hmm.